A proud member of the Earglue Media family of podcasts. You're listening to Bad Gamers Anonymous, a podcast dedicated to helping gamers not suck. Our two-step programs of suck up and get good will help even the worst of gamers just be bad. We review the latest video game titles, cover the latest news, and discuss issues that affect gamers. Here are your hosts of Bad Gamers Anonymous, Bad Gamer Jason, Bad Gamer Joe, and Bad Gamer Crowley. Get good, scrubs. Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous. I am your host, Mr. Crowley. Joining me this week, as they have done every week for the past months, I don't even know. It's been a long time. It's Joe. Joe, welcome back to Bad Gamers Anonymous. Glad to be here. Feels like it's been a while. Right? Even though... Yeah, it's been a while. Just like the listeners wouldn't. I'm confused. Time travel sucks. Jason, welcome back to Bad Gamers Anonymous. Thanks. Glad to be here. I don't want to get into the time travel thing. That, Yeah, I'm still confused. So. <laughs> you and me both. We tried to do that on, on Sadist, didn't we? We did, and I'm pretty sure we messed that all up. Well, that's usually what happens when you time travel. Uh, that's right. So we're back from uh, Celebration. Uh, the road to Celebration is over. We're back. The road is closed, uh, and it will open again maybe next year if we decide to go. I don't know if we will, but we did have a good time, didn't we, guys? I I'm ready fun. for another Crowley hug. <laughs> we have a picture of that. I know. I keep looking at it. I don't lie. I miss it. Why? It was so warm. And cuddly in my loving embrace. Yes, he I felt Joe so looked safe. satisfied. He did, didn't he? He did look satisfied. I looked lost and perplexed. I didn't want to let go. You didn't. In fact, I didn't let go for a while. Yeah, you were trying to touch me in my mommy daddy button, and I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> it was just so tempting. I don't. It was right there. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. I really don't. Jason, did you have a good time at celebration? I did. I had a. I had a lot of fun. Wasn't there quite as long as everybody else, but it was still it was still a good time. No, but you were there longer than you had planned to be. <laughs> yeah, <it> what? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Snow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No. So let's just talk about celebration real quick. Uh, you know, it's not really game related. We'll get to all of the game related things that happened at celebration here momentarily. I promise. But there were a lot of great things that happened at uh, celebration. So we went into uh, support. Our fellow ear glue member uh, or media ear glue media members would be the proper way to say that. There uh, you go, you right? got it. Yeah, it took me a minute. Uh, the Cantina cast, Jonesy and Albert and Mike, and it was a great time. We got to meet everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean everybody at ear glue media. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic, uh, despite uh, Joe's lingering embrace. It was it was a really good time, and not to get too misty-eyed about it. Uh, it was nice to be able to meet everybody, to to shake their hand, give them a hug, and, and really spend some time with them. And I really want to say thank you to Jason and to uh, Josh McRae from uh, the Film Appraisers for coming out and really spending a limited amount of time with everybody just so that we were all there. I think that really meant a lot to me. I think that meant a lot to the rest of the staff at ear glue media. Um, because we spent quite a bit of time together, myself and Joe and Jonesy and Albert and Mike in the house. Uh, and, and uh, Will Albert's brother 
and who's a, who's an absolute fantastic dude. He's just a trip. And so it was nice to be able to really bond with those guys and then to have Jason and Josh carve out that time that they really didn't have and make the trip just so that we're all there and we all get to meet and we all get to hang out for a little bit. And that really meant a lot to me. So I just want to say thank you to Josh and to Jason for making that trip. And then Jason, uh, I'm, I'm sorry that the blizzard happened in April. Yeah. All, all three quarters of an inch. Right. <laughs> well, it was a little more than three quarters of an inch. It was like three or four <laughs> inches. Uh, but it happened in like 12 hours. Uh, and, yeah. and so, yeah, it was quick. you know, I really appreciate the, the fact that we got to spend a little bit more time with you because I kind of felt, I felt bad the night before because we didn't get a lot of time together. And so that the, the weather kind of allowed us, you and I, and, and your lovely wife to spend some time together in the house, just the three of us. Uh, we actually got to uh, to watch and listen to uh, the the Cantina Cast guys go live on WGN. So that yeah, was yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, that was that was a trip. So uh, congratulations to the Cantina Cast. They did great on the uh, the the stage, the Celebration Podcast stage. Uh, they answered some questions. Got to go on WGN. Very jealous. Very jealous uh, that they got to go on WGN and hang out with Brian Noonan. Uh, for an hour, like they got a whole segment on WGN radio. So good for them. Congratulations to those guys did a fantastic job. Uh, their coverage of celebration was top notch. Uh, Mike was surly and gave poor directions. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) terrible directions. Yeah. But they were really fun to be in the car for and watch you two fight about everything that came out of both of your mouths the entire time. I think to Juan who was in the house with us, those, those, uh, five days, he has a video up on YouTube. Yes, of my giving terrible directions. Fantastic! It is great. What I understand, Crowley really respects the drivers in Chicago too, right? (laughs) Tremendously, they all suck. (laughs) Terrible drivers. I can't tell you how many accidents I almost got in because Chicago drivers suck. If you're in Chicago and you're listening to this show, sorry, not sorry. You're terrible driver. Like you're just bad. So there was one, there was an instant where I was backing out, right? Like I had plenty of time to back out. I, nobody was really coming. Guy was far down the street. As I'm backing out, he picks up speed, gets to about 40, 45 miles an hour on this narrow, basically one lane road, <laughs> and then decides to honk at me because he almost hit me. So I did what any sane, rational human being would do. I got right up on his bumper and honked my <laughs> horn continuously for about one minute, 30 seconds. And he decided that he was going to go slow. And then. And your maturity rang true and you just backed off and let him be, let yourself be the bigger man, right? No, I, I didn't. That's not what happened. <laughs> uh, he had his wife and young son. In the uh, in the back seat, and his elderly mother in the front seat, and as I passed them, I flipped off his elderly mother, and I feel <laughs> really good I'm about sure that. She was the one that was at fault. Oh, she was, dude. She was reading me the right act. Like I looked over first because I was just going to give the dude a dirty look. Like I'm not in the habit of flipping the bird. I don't uh, believe that one bit, dude. Here yeah, in I've the, got he- a picture that says otherwise. <laughs> here in I saw I- that finger way more than once while you were down there. <laughs> here in Iowa. We, we don't, we, we, we respect one another on the road. We understand we are in, you know, two ton death machines 
We we understand that in Chicago they don't care. I don't think you could handle driving in New England. <laughs> pro- pro- probably not. But I looked you over. You might explode. I looked. I almost exploded in Chicago. I looked over. I know you did. I, I just wanted to give the dude a dirty look. That's all I wanted to do was give him a dirty look to let him know that I knew, that he knew, and what he did was crap. And his 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 elderly mother was reading me the riot act, like waving her finger at me through her rolled up window and my rolled up window. And so again, I did what any sane, rational human being would do and gave her the bird and then continued on my way. That's my celebration story. So again, thank you to everybody who came out the celebration to support the Cantina cast. Ear Glue Media it was fantastic meeting you all. I know you were there for the Cantina cast, but haha, you met BGA as well. And none of us yeah. died. It's true. Not nobody died. Nope. And my one sentimental moment here while we're still on celebration, uh, when I went down, like this was like a, a, the f- a first big trip for me in quite a while. And I didn't know what to expect. You know, you meet people online. Like it was, I've been talking to you guys and everybody at EGM for a long time, but it's all been on Discord, right? And you don't know what to expect. I didn't know what you guys were going to be like. Nobody knew what any of us were going to be like. And we had that first morning, we cooked breakfast with each other, and uh, it was pretty clear at the end of that we were going to get along famously, and the whole week was fantastic. Um, the the listeners we met at the meetups were great, and I really feel like uh, I came back with a lot of really good friends that I didn't necessarily know when I went down. And it was definitely, I know we've seen a lot of people mirror this sentiment in the Discord since we've been back, but... Um, I think it was a really special weekend, and I'm really glad that everybody who got to go got to go and experience that. Yeah, I had a great time, too, meeting everybody. Um, I was actually kind of uh, surprised that everybody was pretty much as, as I imagined they would be. So, um, But, yeah, everybody was great. Um, I really enjoyed hanging out with everybody. Joe and I got to spend a, a lot of time uh, Saturday walking the exhibit hall. That was fun. Uh, we all went and, and saw the reveal for, for Fallen Order. That was a great time. Um, and then, yeah, I got stuck there an extra couple days, but that was okay because I got to hang out that Sunday night um, and almost get the uh, first episode of Game of Thrones spoiled for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, we avoided that catastrophe and, and still had a great time. So yeah, Those was, tacos uh, were delicious, weren't they? Oh, oh my they were gosh. So good. That place those was such so good. good tacos. Man, yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to the latest episode of the Cantina Cast. I think it's two seventy five celebration recap. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. They'll they'll explain everything there. But thankfully, Game of Thrones was not spoiled. And tacos, it was not, but it was an excellent first episode. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, so don't spoil it for me. They it was all very good. Die. They all die. Well, there you go. No, no need to watch it now. Uh, so while we're on this sentimental. Uh, road down memory lane from last week, and I think we're all recovered now, except Joe, who's suffering a case of food poisoning. Not from me, though. He did not. My state did not, did not celebration. poison him. Yeah, no, not from celebration. <laughs> nope. Uh, so we're going to put out a casting call for Bad Gamers Anonymous this week, uh, and it will go until we find the right person to take my place. So I want to kind of step back from Bad Gamers Anonymous and focus more on Ear Glue Media, focus more on my cigar podcast, Simply Stogies, and not really have to create this content 
every week that I've been doing. I, I, I want to be more behind the scenes. I want to do what Mike has done with the Cantina cast and move more into a producer role. That doesn't mean that I'm leaving Bad Gamers Anonymous. It's still my baby. I will come back when I feel like it. Um, for special episodes, 100th episode, 150th episode, uh, if there's a game that I really want to talk about, if I think something happened in the uh, gaming world that is big enough that uh, everybody uh, needs to hear my useless opinion, uh, I'll come back. But I, I do want to take a step back and focus on producing the show, focus on creating content for Earglue Media, and focus on, on, on Simply Stogies. Uh, I started this podcast over two years ago now with uh, a friend of mine, Bishop. And over the last two years, the show has morphed, it has changed, it has evolved, and it has grown, largely in part to you, the listener. So I want to say thank you to the listener. Uh, you have uh, uh, just supported Bad Gamers Anonymous in a way that I could never fully pay back. And so I want to say thank you. Uh, I also want to say thank you to Jason and Joe. Uh, when I brought both of these fine gentlemen on, Bad Gamers Anonymous, I made it clear to them that my goal was at some point this year to step back from the show and take a producer role and just produce and focus on other projects and on Earglue Media. So they knew this was coming. And we've talked about it, and I think it's time. Uh, I know Joe and Jason will do an absolutely fantastic job with this show, sans Crowley. Uh, but I kind of like, like normally I don't like podcasts that have three people, but I feel like we need a point of view that might be a little bit different, maybe more on point with me, maybe far, 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 far from my point of view. So if... You think you've got the podcasting chops to step in, step up, and take my place. Let me know. Email me at badgamerspodcast at gmail.com uh, and let me know. Uh, you can also reach me on Twitter. Reach us on Twitter because they've already taken over the social media. Joe and Jason, thank you for that. Uh, at badgamersanon uh, on Twitter. And uh, you can find us at badgamersanonymous on Instagram. So, not to be a Debbie Downer, let's move on to what you've been playing. Jason, what have you been playing since you've been back from Celebration? Well, um, so I've actually been playing the first Assassin's Creed game that I've played in probably five years, close to five years. Um, Assassin's Creed Rebellion, which is a mobile game, uh, came out not too long ago. Uh, you're basically doing some... Uh, assassin-y kind of missions and building your assassin base, crafting items, um, you know, doing accounting work. <laughs> and because that's what assassins do, what? accounting yeah. work. <laughs> why do why does an assassin do accounting work? I don't. Well, understand. I mean, you, do you break you out the to, abacus to... and. <laughs> no, I mean, you you actually set a character to to do the accounting work, and and you get coins every few hours based off of that. So. It's your basic kind of um, time and uh, resource management mobile app. Uh, you can hit it about every three to four hours and, and do just fine with it. It's, it's actually 
fairly entertaining, you know, every 10 minutes, about every three, four hours. <laughs> I've actually enjoyed it. The only thing really I don't like are all the stupid advertising pop-ups, but those are easily enough ignored, and I haven't hit a paywall yet, so that's actually pretty good. Wow, no paywall. Well, I did hear you playing this at the house, and the music was different. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure it was good. That's a it's, that's it's a great fine. descriptor. Right. It was different. The music's fine. I mean, it's it's Assassin's Creed type music. It's I think I said something. I said something. I was like, "What are you playing?" And you're like, "Assassin's Creed." And I'm like, "Huh?" And you're like, "Yeah, this is actually the first time I've actually had the volume up playing it." Yeah, yeah. I normally <laughs> don't play it with any volume. So I, I think I said, "Yeah, it's probably be the last time too, huh?" <laughs> like it was just not. It it wasn't good. It didn't sound like. It just sounded like rehashed video game music. Yeah, I mean it's it's nothing to write home about, but it's not it's not awful either. So, I but like know. I said, I don't usually play it with the sound. In fact, I I very rarely ever have the sound on on my phone. So, yeah. Does do you play with sound, Joe? When you play games on your phone? Not typically. Yeah, Depends if it's a. Sometimes there are games that are sound dependent. Um, and I'll play those with volume, but for the most part, my phone shouldn't make any noise ever. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. No, Joe doesn't yeah. want to be bothered. And then I, uh, picked up Dawn of Man again this week. Uh, they had a, they had a new patch come out 1.07. They've, uh, fixed some of the balancing issues. They haven't touched on other balancing issues, but it's a, it's a good patch, uh, fixes a few things. Um, your your food drying dries a little slower, so you don't just get stockpiles of food that that end up going bad. Uh, that helped out, and it it's a good patch. Pick it up if uh, if you haven't yet. Uh, definitely worth worth playing. Still, I still enjoy that game. And then, as I do every day, Simpsons Tapped Out. All right, so we've been talking about Simpsons Tapped Out every week for like I don't I don't know how long. Um. I don't know what that game is still. I don't care to look like to actually play it. What, what do you do in Simpsons Tapped Out? You build your own Springfield. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. I don't know if I'll play that. It's one of those but... games. <laughs> do you go up so against it's, it's other a, Springfields? It, no, but you is can. Is it like Clash of Clans kind of? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's not competitive. But uh, you do have neighbors that you can go and, and tap in oh. their in their towns as well. Yeah. And you actually get a, a higher rating the more neighbors that you have. So yeah. spend a lot of time tapping in your neighbor's town. I, yeah, <laughs> you know it. <laughs> My neighbors love it when I tap in their town. Uh, yeah, you showed me the game. You're like, hey, Crowley. And then you showed me the game, and I think I made the exact same sound. It was like, uh. Okay, so it's not your bag, but I enjoy it. Although it does kind of show signs that they're they're starting to wind it down, which is going to make me really really sad. Well, so. like let me ask this: like we all know that you're a huge Simpsons guy. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. I I like the Simpsons as much as the next guy. Uh, if this was anything else, if it had a Family Guy skin on it, would you play it every day? No. Okay, bingo. There you go. That's really all you need to know about this game. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to ask if I should try it, but that answered the question for me. Yeah. I mean, I I don't really like the Family Guy though. So, um, if Futurama had a, a mobile game that was similar to this but didn't play nearly as well, 
Um, I think they've struck a really good balance of, um, you know, time versus effort in this game. Um, and it's got, it's got the Simpsons feel to it too. Uh, all the characters and interactions that you have, uh, it's, it's got the Simpsons, uh, sense of humor. Um, I mean, it's got the Simpsons art. Uh, it's, it's all about, you know, things that are in the Simpsons episodes. So that's, that's really what has kept me working on it for the last, I think I've been on it for like three years now. Yeah. You've and it's played been that out game for every over day six for years. Three years. Yeah, just about. I don't yeah, even know impressive. what to say. I, is it? I'm not sure <laughs> hey, how. There's, like, yeah, there no, are people know, that are level 939 or 969. 969 that um, well, where have been playing it for over six years. Well, I, I don't power level, so I'm at like 170 something. Wait, it's taking you three years to get to level 170. Yeah. Every there's, day there's, for three years. That's that's over a thousand days. And you're only that wow. Well, I don't power level, so there's there's ways that you can uh get your bonus modifier up into the hundreds or thousands of percent. And then you turn on this what's called a an experience collider. Um and then that boosts your uh, experience gain even more. And then you go through and, and you you basically farm experience, and that that also farms donuts for you, which is their premium currency. I okay, I can't even. Joe, what have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I picked up Risk of Rain two this week. I don't know if either, did either of you played the first Risk of Rain. It's a little bit older. No, no, no. So the first Risk of Rain was like a two D side scrolling kind of platformer where you played with. Primarily, it was a couch co-op kind of thing, which you could play alone, and you'd have runs, and you collect currency by killing enemies, and then there are like little upgraded chests all over the map. You get upgrades, it gives you bigger, better guns or, or usable abilities, and you work your way through, and it, it's kind of endless. You just keep going and hitting harder and harder bosses and see how far you can get. Uh, Risk of Rain 2 just hit early access and came out. And I picked that up, and they took the same concept of collecting currency, leveling up your guy, gaining abilities, and seeing how far you can get into this kind of endless challenge mode. But they made it a 3D third-person shooter and uh, also added online multiplayer instead of just couch co-op. And it's really fun. It's definitely got some missing content still but they have a really detailed roadmap of when that stuff's going to come out but even with what's not in there now it's really fun um doesn't doesn't look amazing but i kind of okay with that it's got an aesthetic that they chose that i'm not a huge fan of but the gameplay is fun enough that it doesn't seem to really bother me so that's been fun also been playing can you define fun before you i've been really like i've been really (laughs) enjoying it like i've been really having a good time it sounds it's, it sounds awful. No, I I think you would actually like it, Crowley. I don't expect you to get it because you don't do that. I uh, got the what, what was the one game that you got the the that you got had like the the bullet hell bullet hell yeah bullet hell yeah yeah well, I this got is, that. This is and that was terrible. This isn't this this isn't a mobile game. This is a this is a real game. On oh, this PC. is a this is a real game. Yeah, that's a game on a PC. Yeah, yeah. And and you you say it was terrible. You told me you liked it in person, so don't lie. <laughs> um, uh, 
So, so you're ruining the mystique of the show, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've also been playing Elder Scrolls Blades, um, which I showed you when we were in Chicago because I wanted you to see the graphics on it. It looks really good. Yeah, it does. It looks it looks great. Unfortunately, it's just not a good game. It's a really well great looking terrible game. So it's fun and like the complaints I had about it before. Right, we were talking about how like the chests had like prohibitively long timers and. Uh, they like the upgrading your town and stuff and upgrading your blacksmith and what have you was prohibitively expensive and it was just kind of like a solid paywall all the time. They've patched almost all of that out and it is super playable like whenever you want now. The chess timers went from I think 12 hours to 30 minutes which is a huge change and I don't I don't I no longer have like huge stockpiles of chests that are unopened because it takes too long to open them. It they they seem to be listening to the complaints and making really good changes to the game. Like I don't have any desire to spend money on this. I'm not going to and I don't feel like I need to anymore in order to keep playing. I'm able to continue to go through the story and it has a real story. It's got a story. It's got uh quests and side quests and jobs. Like it's a fairly full featured phone RPG. So um I dig that. I'm digging it. I'm liking it a lot more than I was before the patches came. And I know you don't like it. You don't like anything. Alright, well at least I don't have to say it. Yeah, I got you. I got you covered, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Uh I also, just to piss you off, I've been playing idle racing. I like idle games. God, I don't even I can't even with you. Uh, thanks for asking, guys. I've been playing uh, Home Run Clash. Uh, it is a basically PvP home run derby. Uh, you get special power-ups and boosts. You can level up your stuff. There's chests that you can open every two hours or four hours. You can use you know their premium crap to open them sooner, the equipment upgrades, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, I, I'm really digging it, uh, even though I kind of suck at it. But that's pretty much how it goes with me in video games to begin with. Uh, the other game that I want to talk about today is Jedi Challenges. So, um, not to belabor, beleaguer, bemoan, like, we've been talking a lot about Star Wars. And this is, I promise, this is the last show we'll talk about Star Wars for a very long time. Uh, but Jedi Challenges is an AR that is an altered reality, which is different than virtual reality. And if you don't know the difference, please Google it, because I'm not going to spend the time to explain it to you. Uh, this is an altered reality game. comes with a headset. You put your phone in the headset, and uh, you do things in your room that you are in with things that aren't really there. Uh, it comes with the headset, and it comes with a, with a lightsaber. <laughs> right. A great description. That, yeah, that was a really detailed description of yeah. how this works. Yeah, thanks. You could take that uh, in so many different directions. <laughs> so when this game came out, the cost of it was 200, 250 bucks, almost $300, I think, in some cases. Is that right? Anybody? Yeah, it was, it was two, two fifty something like that. Uh, I, I saw somebody bought one today uh, and put it on, on the Discord. I think they had it for 36 bucks. They got it at their Walmart. When we were in... Chicago last week, my, my my wife sent me a picture and said, do you want one of these? They're $50. They're fifty And Walmart had a, just a ton of them. And I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm going to spend a ton of money on cigars here. Don't You don't have to get it. Uh, so when she was at Walmart uh, last night, or not last night, the night before, she saw that it was the last one that they had. It was f- still $50. She picked it up. I got one. I played it. Uh, 
so make sure your charge your your phone is charged because that, that's what this is on, and you have to turn the brightness on your phone all the way up. And when I took my phone out of the headset, it was super hot. Um, it comes with, like I said, it comes with a lightsaber hilt, and it comes with this little the headset and this little thing with a ball on it that you put in the middle of your room or the on the floor wherever you're going to be playing. And you have to make sure that you have like three feet in any direction and you can walk around and stuff and it changes the perspective. Um, and there are different, there are different modes, but the setup takes a minute. So you've got to download the app onto your phone. You've got to follow all of the prompts on this, uh, on it. And, and you're looking at, you're looking at this thing you're looking at the headset and you're like, I don't, I don't understand how any of this works. Like it, it doesn't like the instruction booklet. It's just, it doesn't tell you, how things go in or how things open up. You just kind of have to follow the prompts on your phone and it'll, it'll eventually do it for you. But then once you do it, you're like, so do I put it in now? Like, what do I have to do? See, there's this thing inside the headset you have to pull out you put the phone in it and then you have to connect the phone to the headset and put it back in. It, like, it's just this process is like when you want to play it, like make sure you're in the mood to play it. Cause you're not going to want to take it all apart and put it all away again anytime soon. So mine is all out. I took the batteries out. It's sitting on my Star Wars shelf with all of my Star Wars crap and, and Star Trek crap. And uh, it'll probably sit there for a long time before I play it again. That tells you anything about how this game is. So the setup sucks. It does have some cool game modes. Like you can play 3D chess like uh, what Chewbacca was beating uh, 3PO at. Which is kind of cool, I guess. Because that that's literally AR. Right? It's like all that. that's what. AR is, yep, is that game. Right. So that's kind of cool that you you can play that. And I played one game of that, basically the tutorial, which was you had two guys, they had two guys, and they just put one guy in front of you and you beat it, you beat him. And then they put the other guy in front of you and you beat him. So like the tutorial was stupid. Uh and then they had uh they have the battles and the duels, and that's kind of fun, actually. Where you go through and you battle stormtroopers, you're, you're, you know, hitting blaster bolts back at them and they're different types of stormtroopers and each different type of stormtrooper has a different type of blaster bolt and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's fun. And then there's blocking, uh, lightsabers and stuff. I fought, uh, the, one of the night sisters uh, or the night sister. I don't even remember. And, uh, Darth Maul. And, and, and that was fun. I mean, you, you kind of, you it, it's fun in the fact that you kind of feel like a Jedi. But here, so besides the setup, one of the big drawbacks that I have for this is this thing has a lot of calibration issues. Like a ton of calibration issues. So, it, in fact, it has so many calibration issues that they tell you it has calibration issues. Like, <laughs> so it, it's, it's a holocron, right? And the holocron comes up and it's this lady and she's telling you that they you know you're you're a, you're a jedi and we really wish we had you during the clone wars because you're so adept at the force and blah 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 uh and, and she's like anytime during battle you need to recenter yourself hit this button on the side of the lightsaber <laughs> which immediately tells you you're going to be hitting that button on the side of the lightsaber quite a bit because it gets all kinds of out of whack so it has all kinds of calibration issues. I think uh, Ash Z on our on our Discord said that at one point when it, when they were playing, uh, it was on the ceiling. Huh. Yeah, that's accurate. Nice. Like it's yeah, it's terrible. Um, and the other thing that I have a problem with, and this is probably just because it's using your phone and not there's not 
it's not an actual headset that has the technology built into it is you really have to play this in like a darkened room. Like you can't have windows yeah. open. You can't be in the middle of the day cause it, you just lose some of the things. So yeah. Cause it's using the camera on the back of your phone, right? No, it's using so. the, the screen on your phone to project the images. Like it's weird. So there's, there's like a mirror in the, in the, uh, in the headset. And so that's why you have to turn the, the brightness on your phone all the way up. And so it so, reflects these images down and it, I, I don't know. It's, it's not the camera because you can see through that. Like you can put the headset on and look around you. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it uses, I, I believe it uses some, uh, sensors on the headset that are watching the light up ball that you put on the floor. Correct. That's how it you. tells where you're right. at. Yeah. That's, that's the but tracking this, this, calibration. This, this, this is actually like the bright room thing is actually even a problem uh, with current VR headsets. They track, they, while they're better at dealing with brightness, they do track better in dark rooms. Even oh, well, sure. Like, yeah. So like, that's a, but you're, but I, is, you're losing the things you're seeing on the, through the headset. Oh, so yeah. You don't so, actually, I mean, I'm sure this is, you don't actually look directly at the phone. You have the phone. You're looking it's above at a mirror you. that's yes. Yeah. It is so above it, you. so you can see through the visor, but the phone screen is through a mirror displaying on that visor, so you can gotcha. see the real world and the yeah. game at the same time. Yeah. So this the isn't... AR that I've been familiar with uses the camera on the phone, and then it just projects or it overlays the AR on top of the on top of the phone screen. So the technology is kind of cool because what it does is it mimics what you would see in a hologram, right? So that's what it looks like. Right. It looks like there's a hologram in front of you, and that's what you're fighting. That's what you're interacting with are these holograms from this holocron, which is it's kind of cool, but it's also I just the technology isn't there yet. Uh, and so for $300 or whatever it was, 200, 200, 250 bucks when it first came out, it's not worth it. $50, absolutely worth it. So if I wanted to try this thing, you'd say if I can find it for 40, 50 bucks, I should Done. Give a shot. Go do it. Yeah. Right? All right. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take a look and see if they've got it done. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it's worth 50 bucks. Uh, the story's fun because it is. You find this holocron like you stumble upon this holocron, and uh, this this Jedi uh, warrior with a mask comes on and basically Great walks question. you through all this stuff. Yeah. How crappy is the lightsaber to look at? No, it's pretty awesome, actually. So like it's like for thirty bucks, it might even if I don't love the game, it might be okay to sit on a shelf and look cool. Yeah, I mean it, you're gonna be able to tell that it's a, a, an AR piece though because it's got the light oh, yeah. end on it. But yeah, yeah, and right. you actually you you charge that. Uh, it doesn't come with like batteries. Uh, the 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 little holocron thing, the little ball thing that has batteries. The headset obviously doesn't because it runs on your phone, uh, and the uh, but the 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 lightsaber you can charge. Like a phone, which is nice. I the, the, like the fewer batteries, the better. Story's great. Voice acting is actually on point. Like Darth Maul sounded pretty cool. The Night Sister sounded pretty cool. Um, the the Jedi Warrior thing sounded pretty cool. The graphics are actually uh, amazing. The music is Star Warsy. If you if you put a headset into your phone, it, it would probably sound better than just the speaker on your phone. So I yeah, I, yeah for fifty bucks, pick it up. This is probably a six, five or a six. So. Now, when you fought Darth Maul, did you fight all of Darth Maul or just half of Darth Maul? Well, 
Was yeah. he was he Spider Legs? No, he wasn't Spider Legs. Darth Maul. Was oh actually, man, oh. Spider Legs. Darth Maul is the best Darth Maul. Well, maybe Spider Legs. Darth Maul will be later on. I don't know. I hope so. Are they still supporting this? Are they going to have updates to it? I, you know, that's a good question. Um, I don't, I don't know. I would imagine they are because the, I mean, why else would you have an app if you're not going to support it all the time? I know, but they're selling it for fifty bucks now. Yeah, my imagination is with Jason on this one. The reason why it's super cheap is that nobody liked it, so they are sunsetting this thing. I but, really think that they over, like they they overpriced this. They, yeah. I think they priced this out of existence basically i really really almost bought this thing when it first came out and i'm really glad i didn't yeah no be glad that you didn't uh we've got some news to get to before we get to the uh couple of uh gaming panels that we saw there at celebration we cover some of that stuff which probably honestly yeah let's just move on to news uh a lot of playstation 5 news we're guessing that's what they're calling it is playstation 5 yeah they didn't confirm what they were going to call it but it is the next playstation yeah, Wired sat down with uh, with with some dude from Sony. Yeah, with Mark Cerny. There you go. Um, and they had a pretty long involved talk. I mean, not super involved, but for where we are right now, is this being like the first discussion of official discussion of what this thing is going to be? They they covered quite a bit, and we know a lot more about what that thing is going to look like, and it's going to be pretty powerful. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we've we gotten some confirmation on some stuff that we already knew. I mean, right, we didn't, we didn't know, we didn't know for sure. It was, it wasn't official, but we knew it was going to have AMD chips. Yeah. That was actually official, but they're updating the, the CPU and the graphics. Of course, that's, that comes with any kind of next gen system. Um, they are going to put an SSD in, which is, you know, obviously the next evolution for next gen systems. I think right, a lot of people not, were disappointed it, that you didn't see an SSD in the Pro. Yeah, yeah. Well, they the the boards on the current generation consoles, even if you put an SSD in them, uh, the bus speed's not high enough, and you don't get any benefit out of it. Uh, you you um, get a you get a benefit. You get about a thirty three percent increase in in your load speeds. But uh, the new the new boards are going to use little. PCIe four, which is yep. going to double the throughput of the current so, generation. And they're also using a, I cannot remember the MVME MV, any whatever uh, form uh, SSD. They said that they ran the fast travel load times in Spider Man on this console, and the difference is eighteen seconds on a PS four Pro. For fast travel load time in uh in Spider Man and on the PS five, we'll call it for now, it was 0.8 seconds. That's that's a pretty significant That's a jump. very significant thing. Yeah. It sounds like the the push they're going to be going at is like the no load times is gonna be their big push. Um they also are change, changing tactics, whereas when the PS4 came out, the CPU and that thing is kind of a, even when it launched, was kind of a mid to low tier laptop CPU. Nothing crazy, nothing spectacular. It was never, it was even when the thing launched, it wasn't high end. They are going with something much more high end and desktop based this time around. Um, 
They don't really talk much about what the video card will be besides the fact that it's going to be some next gen AMD kind of thing. Um, and they're going to have ray tracing, which AMD does not advertise any hardware ray tracing acceleration right now. That's an NVIDIA thing. Yeah, the they RTX don't have line. any consumer products with ray tracing out. But a couple of companies have been able to software emulate that, so they might be doing that. They also talked about using that technology for audio. So for those of you who don't know what how ray tracing works is instead of faking light reflection, it actually simulates it so that just you just add, put a light emitter in and it calculates the textures of whatever is in the room and it bounces light accordingly on its own. Um, so they're talking about using that with audio as well, where they'll have an audio emitter and use the ray tracing technology to have accurate echoes through the space. Neat things, not necessarily game changing. Who knows how many people actually use them, but... This is cool. I mean, there's some good information here in this article. It's a relatively long article. Backwards compatibility. Um, backwards compatibility yeah, that's, for the PS4. That's probably a big one. That is a big yep. one. Especially for um, someone that, like me that is trying to get away from, you know, buying all the games all the time and you just want to play what you want to play. Like, that's kind of big. Because when I get a PS5, like, you're not going to have a huge catalog right off the bat. So you're going to want to play like your, your Spider-Mans and your Red Deads and all of these games that you've got on your back catalog. Now, we don't know if this is going to, like, are all of your games that you've got on the, you know, through PlayStation Store, like down digital downloads, are they going to follow you over? Are you going to be able should. to download those? Yeah, you yeah, should I think be going to. to. Yeah. Um, so, if, if they're saying backwards compatibility, I would say most likely. And I think this, which we're going to see, this is basically going to be a... a on the same type of architecture, just more powerful. So yeah. the games should be able to cross over without like any work at all, right? It's not like the jump from PS3 to PS4 when they changed entirely what they were, what their base architecture was like. And those games, porting those games over would require an emulator. Um, I don't think you'll see like that. I think these games will just work. Well, I hope so. So there's yeah. a lot of good information. I'll post the uh, link to the article in the show notes. Uh, you can take a, a, a gander at that if you haven't already. Lots of good information. Uh, just know that the PS5 is coming, I guess. But it's not coming this year. It's coming next year. 2020. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. yeah. So that was another thing they talked about. Uh, Dickless S S uh, Xbox? No. Dickless Xbox? No. Discless. There you go. Discless Xbox is sad. <laughs> yeah. So Microsoft officially announced the Xbox One S all digital. Um and it's dickless. It's <laughs> it's discless. It's all digital. That too. Um it's dickless. I <laughs> yes, Go ahead. Not dickless. Let's it's get dickless. it out. Do your uh, Xbox it, bash. Let's do it's it. Sad. Listen, it's... listen, I don't I don't think this I don't think this product is priced at a good spot for what it is. No, what is it? Uh, 200, 250 bucks? Yep. This is terrible. Um, it's $50 cheaper than the Xbox One S at MSRP, but you can like, you can get a One S for the same price pretty regularly like on Amazon. Like This is not really any cheaper. Right, it's but it comes with cheaper. Fallout 76, so nobody's buying it. <laughs> 
But they um, also said that they're going to try and maintain the $50 difference between the Xbox One S and the all-digital version. So if they're going to drop the price on the One S to you know, $249 or even the $199 that they do during the holidays, you can expect the One S all-digital to be $50 below that. Well, I would I hope so. You're not getting any dicks with it. $50 is not a, a big enough um, incentive to me. It's not any smaller. <laughs> it's, not. it's the same case. It's the same case. It just doesn't have a slot in it. It's not any smaller. It's yeah. So this article. How much do you think a Blu-ray drive costs? Listen, well, that this fifty bucks probably probably not much. Fifty bucks, probably not much. But so you don't want to save fifty bucks on a machine. I mean, this is rich coming from somebody who says he doesn't buy any physical media anymore. So if you're gonna go buy something, I am not not even an Xbox. Let's say that PlayStation did the same thing, all digital, and did PlayStation came out with a discless one that was only fifty dollars. You wouldn't buy it because oh, it's 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 not enough of a savings. I don't understand that. Listen, listen, if this thing. This thing, this thing should have been, if the, if this thing was, what this should have been is a smaller form factor, uh, well, discless okay. well, wait, wait. entry, entry well, point on. thing. This should have been a, this should have been a draw. This, there's no draw to this. As somebody who the doesn't have an Xbox right now. I don't use discs. I want to save 50 bucks. It's not, it's. <laughs> I mean, why does is, it have to like, this is, why does it have to listen, jump and dance and sing for you to. It doesn't need to jump and dance and sing. It needs to be cheap enough to make somebody who hasn't already bought a One S at this point. If you haven't already bought a One S or an Xbox at all at this point in the life cycle where the, the, the next generation is right around the corner, $50 savings is not going to make, make you be like, you know what? Now that this thing is a hair cheaper, I'm totally in. Yeah, I'm going to go drop 250. Well, uh, like, if this thing, if they wanted to bring people in now, this thing should have been $150 or $200. It should have been for $100 significantly cheaper. And when I it might... goes on sale, it will be. <laughs> okay. Well, and that's Yeah, but when it goes fair. on when it goes on sale huge, then I can get a regular one S for $50 more. <laughs> all right, all right, oh all my right. god. So <laughs> So you'll you'll buy a one S at two hundred if if the one S goes on a on a on sale for fifty bucks less, but you won't buy a one S digital edition for fifty dollars less than that for well, one hundred and fifty. So I wouldn't. So I, I wouldn't buy an Xbox regardless. So right point. now, this very minute, right now as we're talking, you can get brand new on Amazon a Xbox One S Battlefield Five bundle for two sixty nine with Prime shipping. Okay. This minute, right? So now it's now it's nineteen dollars savings to to get this game to get this console, right? I know the MSRP for the One S is three hundred dollars. They're almost never three hundred dollars, and the bundles are typically available. Right? Here's a a starter bundle for two forty nine. And you're not getting uh, you're not getting any games with this. No, you do get games, but they're do old you? ones. Oh, so yeah, you get Horizon get... Three, Forza Horizon Three, Sea of Thieves, and Minecraft. Okay, yep. nobody plays Seaman Thieves except Cab. Uh, yeah, and Horizon Three has been replaced already. Minecraft, Minecraft is what a five, six year old game at this point. Well, I mean, they're not even throwing they, in Fallout seventy six, so yeah. it's it's kind of funny. Well, they want to article... sell these. They don't want to have the them Fortnite sit on bundle. The, shelves. <laughs> the Fortnite bundle is two forty six. Is it Fortnite the Division Two bundle? The t- yeah, okay. but it but it but it comes with it the physical copy. Sure. The the t- the division two bundle two forty nine, right? 
$300 is the MSRP, but that's not what you... You don't have to pay that for a 1S brand new ever. This so, is the same price as a 1S. So, what, and you, Scott, do, you so, don't expect the all-digital edition to be discounted on Amazon as well? We'll see, but even if it is, it's still not cheap enough. Like, th this is my point, right? I'm not saying that this thing needs to be $99, right? That would be awesome, but that's... it's. I still wouldn't buy it. I understand that's not going to happen. What this thing should have been is a way to get people who haven't taken the leap into the Xbox ecosystem yet in now, right before the the consoles come out, so that if they've got yeah. the Xbox One, this this thing should have this thing should have been enticing. Let's let can it we, should have maybe, but let let's just be. Let, I, I want to be fair about this, as, at least as fair as I can be. Uh, at this point. If you're just now, at this moment, going to jump into a console, you're probably not jumping on on, on the next gen console anytime soon. Like right. that's just that, saying, that's just the long and the saying, short of it. So I'm not saying you will, but what I'm saying is that they they if so I, if I what I'm saying is not, I agree with you, but for different reasons. So I think this should have been at a lower price point. Because it would help people who aren't going to get the next gen system when it first comes out to still be able to get in on on Xbox. So for somebody who's maybe like their PC is crapping out and they don't want to they don't want to game on their PC anymore because it's just too expensive to keep up with with all of the new peripherals and 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 the video cards and all that, and they want to get into a console two fifty for something that just doesn't have uh, a, a disc player is dumb especially when they could just wait uh, a year and get one of the next-gen consoles for maybe double the price than what they're, they're paying for this. I, I just think this, yes, I just think this is a missed opportunity to onboard people who are on the fence, people who are behind or people who, you know, if this thing, honestly, if there was a $100 price difference between a regular 1S and this, I would consider it because... I, I would for a hundred dollar difference when if they maintained a hundred dollar price difference when the one S one on sale for two fifty or two hundred and this thing was around one fifty, I would totally go in on that and then I would have a Xbox to play with because I feel like that's worth it for me who already has a console for a second console it seems approachable. So if the Xbox One S all digital goes to one hundred and fifty dollars, you'll buy it. Yeah, I could see myself having buying one for one fifty. I feel like that should have been. I think one hundred and fifty to two hundred should have been where this thing was slated to start. What about even I at two hundred? At two hundred, I don't think I would buy it at two hundred, but I think I would be. But you said a hundred dollars less than the one S, right? You I think a lot more people. It. I think a lot more people would. I think buy he'd it tell two hundred. He would tell people to buy it. He would be yeah, like, "This is I a would good deal. totally recommend buying it at two hundred. Yeah. Absolutely, but he and wouldn't I guarantee buy you it. within three months of launch. It'll be easy to get one of these at two hundred dollars. Oh, probably. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, uh, when nobody when nobody buys them, they'll lower the price. Because no, no, it's no. Just nobody pays high. MSRP. <laughs> nobody pays MSRP unless you're unless you're a, a first. Yeah, Jason's unless you right. get it first. Yeah, Jason's right. I mean, it'll go down in price. They all do. They always do. Uh, however, uh, Scott Stein, who wrote this article, and I've been trying to say this for freaking ten minutes. You two. Uh, uh, he, 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 he puts a nice big bow on this article with the last three words. No, thank you. 
artificial intelligence is helping old video games look like new. And why does anybody care? They're old video games. Yeah, but I just wanted to put this in there because there's algorithms involved. Well, and I know how much you love them. All right. They actually, actually, if you looked at this at all, if you if you watched any of these these videos, it's actually pretty impressive how well it does. Uh, because there are algorithms in it. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, in an article <laughs> <laughs> on the nextweb.com by somebody named Tristan Green. Uh, first off, your name's Tristan, dude. Uh, it, it, That's not his fault, man. Uh, well, he can change it. My family's happier since we traded movie night for video games. Is is the next web.com trying to be the new Kotaku? Maybe. I don't know. I thought this was, for once, an article that's not video games are causing uh, people to do violent things. Video games are causing people to do this or that. Uh, I thought it was nice to see somebody say something nice about video games for a change. I don't know. If I was a kid forced to play Kingdoms Heart, Kingdom Hearts 3, I might do violent things. I don't like either one of you. I really don't. <laughs> hate you both. Kingdom Hearts 3 is a fantastic game. Fantastic. No, it's not. No, no it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Game Pass. Like Here we go with Xbox again. Uh, game Pass uh, Ultimate. There's going to be subscription tiers coming. Uh in 2019, which is this year. Yep. Yep. Great. And it is fantastic. We, we talked about this briefly before when we were thinking maybe there would be a yearly discount, but there won't be. It's $15 per month, which basically comes out to the same as paying monthly same prices if you had gotten a yearly discount on gold. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's kind of a monthly discount. For somebody who's got Game Pass, this is a reasonable who wants to get into Game Pass, who hasn't already, this seems like a reasonable tier. It's not sure. flashy, but it's nice. Well, I want to talk I mean, about this. If, if you want to get into Game Pass and didn't want to shell out the, you know, all of the money up up front to to get Xbox Live Gold, then this, this monthly uh, Game Pass subscription will get you both at the same price as if you had prepaid for Xbox Live Gold and gotten Game Pass on a monthly basis. Yeah, especially if you only want to do it for a couple of months and you don't want to have it for a whole year. Right. Right. This is a good a good choice. Sure. Get a PS4. Uh, Assassin's Creed <laughs> Unity players review bomb Steam page with positivity. So uh, I think at this point we've all heard about the fire in Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And uh, so uh, Assassin's Creed Unity has some stuff going on in Notre Dame. And basically... Uh, here's my question. Is Steam going to not count these reviews? Not yet. They've they've left these reviews up, and that was my question too, is is should Steam, you know, take down these reviews? And I think they should. I think this I think is, they should too. Well, remember when we talked about this policy skewing in the, the, the review. Yep. We, we talked about this policy in the first place. We talked about how it was uh, you could you could have those reviews counted as the developer. It was your your prerogative. Well, that th- so, that's t- that's a terrible, terrible stance to have. Terrible, because now you're basically letting the 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 developer pick and choose which ones they want to keep. Uh, well, I'm getting review bombed to hell. Nah, I don't, I don't want these to count. Oh, look, I'm getting review review bombed to where heaven. Yeah, I want to keep all these. No, you can't do that. That is yeah, that, that is that is hypocrisy right. of the highest form. Yeah, I do. I do. Oh, I can't believe I'm yeah, going to say this out loud. I know. 
hold on. Let me take a deep breath. I'm it dealing hurts. with some food poisoning, so I don't want anything to come up when I say this out loud. Oh, it's going to so, come up. I actually agree with Crowley on this one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. And the, and the heavens opened and the angels sang as finally Jason and Joe agree with Crowley. But I do I do want to, while we are on, just briefly touching on outside of this specific thing, while we we're on Ubisoft and Notre Dame, there's, so there's a lot of talk about how the, the recreations inside the super accurate recreations inside the game are actually going to be used to help restore the uh, the damage. But also, Ubisoft did also donate almost six hundred thousand dollars to the to the cause. Well, yeah, so, yeah, and and that's all great. Right, so and I, and I applaud I, them I, I for that. I think this is this is separate. I just wanted to while we're talking about it, I wanted to throw a little praise Ubisoft way because I think that's a really great thing to do. But also, I think if you going to take away bad reviews, you need to take away good reviews too in these situations. Or or do what Steam is is supposedly doing and let the user decide if they want to see the skewed review results. Yeah, that I, was originally I think I would be all right intention. with that. Yeah. I, I think I would be more all right with that. Um, I, I really feel like I, I'm shocked that both of you agree with me. I really am. Because I feel like this is this is what you get. Right. So you you wanna you wanna try to to censor things that you think that you feel are are out of the norm. Oh well, this is getting reviewed review bombed to hell. How many of these players have actually played it? Probably not a lot of them. We can see from the Steam data who's downloaded what. Are these actually the people who have played it? Have they played it on another system? Have they like so there's that part of it, like there's the whole censorship thing that I just absolutely ir- I, it irks me. But when it works in somebody's favor, oh no, we don't want to. Well, no, well, hands off, man, hands off. It's all good. It's all good because it's positive, and the world needs more positivity. And that's not really how the world works. So if you're gonna if you're gonna censor it, then censor it and be fair across the board. And I think it's it, it's terrible what happened to Notre Dame. I think it's great what what Ubisoft is doing to help put back together Notre Dame. And I'm glad that video games are being used in this way that that can help. Uh, bring part of history back as best it can, but come on, man! Like this is just absolutely ridiculous, and it makes no sense logically to allow one but not the other. So there's Crowley's rant. Like I could keep going, but Jason and, and Joe agree with me. So how entertaining is that? Well, yeah, you want us to argue with you? If you want, I can argue with you just for fun. No, nah, let's not. No, let's don't All do right. that. No, because I think you're going to agree with me on these next topics. Jason, is there anything else you want to say about? This before we move on? No, I'm still trying to get this taste out of my <laughs> mouth. Yeah, you and me both. I can't believe Joe hasn't puked yet. Uh, so here we go. So we're, we're finally getting to to what you've all been breathlessly waiting for. Uh, we're going to talk about the Vader Immortal and uh, Jedi Fallen Order panels uh, that we, we saw at uh, Celebration. So let's talk Vader Immortal. Yeah, let's talk Vader Immortal. Yeah, it's a VR game. Uh, the, it's going to be episodic, right? You're gonna focus on it's gonna be lightsaberish. Yep. So the first episode is gonna be heavily focused on uh, lightsaber battle training, training in your lightsaber because yeah. you are you are chosen by Vader. And so the first episode is gonna be heavy focus on lightsaber. The second episode to be heavy focus on your force power. Um, yeah. 
yeah. looks fine. So you don't yeah. get to choose whether you're light side or dark side since you're chosen by no. Vader. Correct. You're just going to be dark side. Mm, I don't think that's correct. I think so. You're a smuggler of some sort, and yeah. and uh, Vader chooses you for a very specific reason. They didn't tell us what the reason was. They just said it's a very specific reason that he chooses you. But it sounds like you are being sent to do things for Vader, and if you don't do those things, Vader will kill you. And so you have to find a way to do those things without um, being a totally terrible douche, I think. But what if you want to be a totally terrible douche? Oh, yeah, dude, every day. Uh, so, yeah, I, look, this game, like, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not... <sighs> yeah, let's just... Maya Rudolph is voicing Zoe 3, who's your companion droid. I'm not sure who's more annoying, Maya Rudolph or uh, Anthony Daniels. <laughs> well, it's fitting. I guess. It'll, be a, it'll be a Star Wars droid. BB-8's not annoying. R2's not annoying. Yeah, they don't talk. Bingo. <laughs> uh, it's going to have some voice actors from Rebels and Resistance joining the cast. Uh, there's new type of storytelling because you're untethered, blah, blah, blah. You're in VR. Yeah. So, so how it's, is that a new type of storytelling? Well, because you're not uh, well, tethered they, with, they, with you're not tethered with uh, uh, the cords to your headset. Right. Well, so well you can be. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, there's going to be that version too. But this is. But they're talk they're talking about your your freedom of motion because you can walk around in the space and a new type of storytelling. But really, but I feel like they're they don't understand that VR storytelling has existed prior to this. Um, <laughs> this like, company has made like VR titles before, so. But, I mean, yeah, but what, there was no story in those. What makes the storytelling <laughs> different just because you're standing up and looking at it in a through a VR lens? I don't They I, really didn't go into any yeah, detail. So no. I think this so is market I don't know speak. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It seems like it. And it's but it seems to be the thing that they're pushing hard because they they market speaked it this way quite a bit. I mean, choose your own adventure books were a new type of storytelling. I used to love those. This is just you're doing it in VR. That's not Am a I new type of those? storytelling. No, I loved I those as a kid. Yeah, me too. You never did them, Joe? No. What is wrong He's with you? so young. It, that wasn't like I, I had games and stuff. I yeah, they parents, didn't do did books. Did your parents love you as a child? Did you get enough yeah, hugs? A lot. Yeah, although I could use some more Crowley hugs. No, in my life. no, I, no we're, <laughs> we're done with Crowley hugs. That's not true. Yeah, no, we are. That's very true. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, uh, this is I, whatever. It didn't. So I looks, was the graphics. The, the, the game. The, yeah, the gameplay looks very mushy. Like it looks like you're just wildly swinging a lightsaber at things. And uh, like we wanted a lightsaber VR game, right? Like Beat Saber is the closest that we've had so far. Yeah, and so we're like um, we've all been clamoring for this, where you want to feel like a Jedi or a Sith, and you want to get into these games, and you want to roll. It just it feels like to me that these VR developers don't understand how to make video games. Like they well, don't this, get it. Look, they can make experiences we, that are really cool, but they can't make a full fledged, honest to god, fully fleshed out story and everything video game. Listen, this is. I know I'm gonna sound like full of myself here, but we talked we talked about ILM X Lab experiences and games before, and I keep. I keep saying this. Everyone that I've touched has been disappointing. I know that they have. So, ILM X Lab does all like on site. 
things for like the void and other VR park kind of things. And I haven't done that, but I've heard those are really great. What they do for that is not what they do for home VR. The stuff that they've released for home VR has been buggy, short, uh, mushy, like it's controlled bad, crashes. Like it's just not been good. And I feel like this, while I know you were super hyped going into it, I was looking at this when I first saw the announcement. I saw that logo and I said, this is going to be trash. I hope it's not, but I've seen nothing to tell me otherwise yet. So do you think that's and from what, hardware limitations on home machines or no, because other other developers, other developers have done much better. Uh, I don't know if it's... I don't know what the problem is with the things they release at home. I don't know if they they are tooled up to build for these like big installation VR things and just don't have the experience or the care or the the engine they use isn't isn't optimized for home VR. I, bet it's a, I don't know what I it is. I bet it's a resource limitation. I bet they get a ton more money off of their on-site resource development. Um, Probably than I'm they sure do that, with the I'm home sure because I mean there's there's such a small market for home based VR and so they probably don't put a lot of people on their home based VR systems or their games and and this is an even smaller one because this will be Oculus only so it's a very limited install base and I I'll be honest I had even told Joe I'm like if this looks good like I'll buy an Oculus because I want to play. As a, as a Sith or as a Jedi, I want to have that lightsaber. I want to do all these things. And that's why I was okay with spending the $50 for the Jedi challenges because that's as close as we've got right now. And this game looks like hot friggin' garbage. It looks We'll bad. see as, it, as we get closer if the footage they release looks better and maybe when it comes out it'll play better than it seems well i tried to get, not, and get my hands on it yeah we, and the, the dude so we tried the lines we, are ridiculous so we sat in line for probably a couple of hours yeah and they were supposed to start at two o'clock so we had it we, we could either and the two o'clock was when the panel ended so it was as soon as the panel ended they were going to start letting people get their hands on uh, uh the vader immortal and they had what 24 booths set up uh something like that yeah it was it was a it was a large amount of booths especially for you know a video game at, at a celebration. So we're in line for probably an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And they still hadn't been, they, they hadn't let anybody in. It's two 30. Yeah, then they came by and told us that we were looking at probably a three to four hour wait at best from where we were in line. And they weren't even letting people in yet. Nope. They were having some kind of hardware problem or software problem or some kind of problem where they couldn't let people in. Now, eventually they got it sorted and they started letting people in and, and people played it. But here's what you didn't hear when people came out of there. Is, oh, man, I can't wait to go get me one of them Oculus Rifts. <laughs> no, and I even went back uh, a couple days later and tried to get back in line again. And they had people walking around at that point saying that the line was three hours long and Listen, I would have loved to have experienced it there, but I didn't have three hours to stand in line at any point while we were there. No, nobody did. And so it was a, it was a terrible miscalculation on their part uh, on how many booths they needed, how long they were letting each player go in. and, and The just demos exactly, were long. Yeah. Why were you letting somebody play a demo that long? Should have been three or four minutes. You're in there. You see what it's like and you get out. How like, long that's were they how you letting build them? excitement. 
Like for a whole looked demo. Like around, yeah, it looked like it was 10 to 12 minutes oh, probably yeah, per person. ridiculous. You'll never get yeah. people through. No. It's just silly. So they can't, I, like, I get you want people to play the game. I get that. Like, you're excited for the game you're building. I can't wait for you guys to get in there and see it. Great. Fine. Fantastic. Give me three minutes of it. Build some hype. Let me have one lightsaber duel. The demo should have just been a lightsaber duel with Vader. Like, that's yeah. all it should have been. And then you get hyped for it. But what they did was they let you play a whole friggin' 10-minute demo that looks like hot garbage to begin with, and nobody cared. I'm, I'm not going to buy an Oculus Rift for this for this game. I probably won't play this game. Uh, it, it, it looks like hot garbage. It's it's the Fallout 76 of VR. <laughs> I don't know if it's quite that bad, but it does not look great. So the next panel we went to was Fallen Order. And actually, all three of us went. We went with Jonesy from the Cantina cast. Uh, we were all pretty excited about this. Uh, it was in the big, it was at the main stage at Celebration, the Celebration stage, I think is what they called it, at the Wintrust Arena uh, there in Chicago. Uh, there was a, a, a pretty substantial line to get in. Yeah. Like, I don't think it was nearly as packed as it was for uh, the Episode 9 panel. But it still wrapped on, around the block. But it did yep. wrap around the block, absolutely. And so we stood out there. It was kind of cold. Uh, the four of us, we had a we had a good time uh, talking and and getting to know one another and, and and that kind of stuff and so I'll always remember that. And then we get in there, and everything fell apart. So <laughs> this was supposed to be a one hour panel. It was slated from uh, one to two, something that like right? that. Yeah, yeah. one thirty to two, one thirty to two thirty, one thirty to two thirty. So they started at one thirty. And they were done before two. And that pretty much tells you all you need to know about Fallen Order. I don't I don't know that it tells you all you need to know about Fallen Order, but it definitely tells you all you need to know what they showed. Well, well yeah, that's um, probably I, true. I think they anticipated having more to show than what they had. And that's probably why they went short. Well, I think that's problematic, especially because they gave us a release date in November. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know that I would say that they didn't have, I mean, I, we can't know. They may have had more to show, but they may have decided that a, a bigger, uh, a bigger release of new information at E3 or something later this year was a better time to show first gameplay or something than where they were. They may have decided that strategically this wasn't the best time for, too much. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't involved in any of that. Those discussions. All but that's I know a is terrible decision. This is celebration. Oh. This is Star Wars celebration. You have Star Wars fans there that are clamoring. We've been clamoring for a game, uh, a, an RPG style game, which this is not. Nope. Uh, we, so we don't know what this game is going to be. Yeah, they right? told he us said what it was going to be. They told us. They absolutely said they, this was like an action adventure melee game. It's not. It is it's story but then, driven, but, but it's also, not RPG. It's he, he God also of War with about, lightsabers. He, well, <laughs> God, God of God of War God of War is also an RPG. No. Just not the newest one. Ugh. I mean you, you leveled up, you had skills, you had equipment that you oh, could terrible. craft. I mean it had all the, the bits. It wasn't it wasn't terrible. <laughs> anyway. Uh but we don't they talked about skills and crafting and like they talked about a lot of the RPG traits. So 
until I'm not willing, I'm not ready to say this game is going to be, they talk, they talk specifically about it not being a button masher, that it's going to be um, the combat, the feel of the combat is going to be important, the feel of uh, not the, the balance of not making you overpowered, right? Yeah, but they say they, that they with all of action-adventure melees, and it always ends yep. up being a button masher. Yep. Well, that's not necessarily true. See, there's, there are plenty of games that timing is important on, right? That are not just button mashers. All right, so that oh, we don't so it's know that. Be quick sure. time events? No, I'm not talking about quick oh. time events. I'm talking about like blocking and oh. dodging, like timing oh. in combat. Yeah, you know, like actual, I remember like, a game like button. that. It was called The Force Unleashed and The Force Unleashed Two. Uh, the, no, host- the, Force, the Force Unleashed was an absolute <laughs> button masher. There was nothing but you just you just hit the same button and killed everything. Like Kingdom Hearts is a button masher. You're a button masher. Uh, the host, uh, the MC of this thing, he used to work for PlayStation. I don't remember the dude's name. Uh, God, I've been trying to rack my brain for the last five minutes trying to remember his name. It's not important. Uh, he was, te- yeah, he was terrible. He was absolutely terrible. He was basically a fanboy up there and didn't ask any questions. Like it was just, it was awful. Right. So this is where this is where I am on this. I think that panel was bad. That panel was but terrible. I don't yeah. think. I don't think we got any information that can tell us what this game is going to be like besides the fact that it's story driven oh. and we have a they didn't really cover anything. They gave us a short gameplay trailer and brought out the guy no, who they didn't was give playing us a the gameplay trailer. They gave us a cinematic. They gave us a short they gave us a short uh, they gave us the they gave us engine, the trailer. In engine trailer. Yeah. It was like a regular trailer. Yeah, it was That's a what cinematic was game trailer, trailer. That's out of the game engine, but it yeah. was not gameplay. Right. Exactly. I, I misspoke when I said gameplay. I know it wasn't gameplay. Uh, but he gave us a short trailer and a couple of quick beats about the Ugh. story, yeah. and that's kind of all we got. We didn't get hardly anything so here's what information we, out of this panel. Here's what we did get from this terrible panel. We got that it's going to be story-driven. Uh, it's, so, it's so story-driven that they decided that Celebration was a great place to give Star Wars fans a first glimpse of the story, and that's why they did the trailer the way they did it. That's what they I'm said. fine with that. That's what they said. They yep. s- they said that this is an action adventure melee. They did not call it yep. an RPG at any time. Nor they did they, they say it would even have RPG elements. So, but correct. No, but we they don't but know. They a lot did about bring it. up RPG elements. They didn't say RPG elements, but they mentioned what they said was: is the lightsaber is important, and the lightsaber will change and evolve. But they didn't say how, they didn't say why, and they didn't say anything other than it's central to the story. And I think that this is going to be an upgrade your lightsaber as you go through the story game. I think that your lightsaber will get more powerful or will be able to be used for longer periods of time. Which totally makes sense in Jedi lore. Right. As you move through the game. I think you probably find or or obtain your broken-ass lightsaber. And you have to you have to fly through the galaxy finding parts to repair it. Yeah, because it's going to be a shooter at first. Because that's what this company's known for is shooters. Like even it's in the tra- even in the shooter. trailer, the dude's not using his lightsaber at all. He does light it up once. Yeah, they, but they, they don't show the hilt. This was right. Yeah, they just show the hilt. So they did. Like it kind of sounds like this is going to be one of those games where. You're going to you're going to be in a situation there's going to be multiple things that you can do in this situation and depending on what you do in the situation it's going to either bring more enemies or you're going to get out of the situation relatively unscathed which I think could I be think cool. I think this game 
Right. I think this game is going to more closely resemble like an Uncharted game. I look. I'm not happy about that. I want to be very clear. I'm not happy about that. I want an RPG. That's what I want. That's what everybody wants. You want to be able to create your character. You want to be able to customize your character. You can have a couple of different voices for it. And you want to have this epic story like you had in Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic 2. And I don't know why game developers are so afraid to do that. Well, because this is way out of Respawn's wheelhouse. RPG way. is nowhere near what they, what well, they so are known is, for. So is action-adventure melee. No, it's not. They're known for first-person yeah. shooters. Yeah, but I mean, you can go from Apex Legends to action-adventure melee pretty easily. A lot easier than going to an RPG. Based on the people they have working on this game that we know we have, they're working on this game, I think we're going to see a lot of kind of uncharted look to it and Metal Gear. This is going to have some third-person Metal Gear-y kind of feel to it. I think the cinematics uh, I, are going to look fantastic based on what we saw. Yep. I, um, I, I'm not, like, the voice the voice actor, is, the guy that they've got for the main character, I'm not a real, a real big fan of his. Yeah, you mentioned that, I know. He's a guy from um, what? Gotham and something else. I don't Gotham, even remember. Yeah. Shameless. Yeah. He's in Shameless also. When, he was like um, the Joker in Gotham, is that right? Or the, I never watched it. Yeah, I don't know. I think he was like the Joker before he was the Joker in Gotham. I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. But I, He came out and he was overly dumb. He was, he he was very dramatic. Um, yeah, he was, yeah, very dramatic. Uh, his jokes kind of fell flat. Wasn't, uh, it was, it was a little uncomfortable. Well, I think everybody in the arena, I mean, I, it kind of felt like this was a huge letdown. I don't know. Everybody that I talked to who was on the floor, who'd seen the Fallen Order stuff seemed relatively positive. I don't, I don't think. I think we were expecting to see a lot more and we we're disappointed that there was like no information, but I don't think the overall feel as far as the game goes is negative. negative. I think people, no. I don't think there's don't enough think to have, go on on whether or that's not exactly right. I don't, I don't think we have any, info, like, like I know you're, you're all set to poo poo this game because it's not the RPG that you want it to be, but we don't know. We know we have th- like four beats on here about what this game is in the notes. And that's all, we don't know anything about it. We know it's going to have a story, and we know it's going to have the lightsaber is going to be important, and we know when the release date is, and the rest of it, they didn't really tell us anything. We did get cool so, posters that I gave to Mike. We did get cool posters. You know posters. what we didn't I get? Um, two pins that they said we were going to get. <laughs> yeah, so that was the other thing. This is like, just again, this is this is how poorly I think this panel was thought out. I think, I honestly believe this was like a last-minute edition. And they said we were going to get a... a, a Set of three pins. You know, it was one pin. Just one. Just one. There were no three. I really don't care about the pins. <laughs> I know you don't. I know I really you don't. don't care about the pins. I, I, I and I get that, but like I was really looking forward to this, and I just felt so let down. But you're right. I mean, I was positive when I came out. I was feeling pretty good about the game itself, just because there's not really a whole lot to go on, and we kind of, I think you and I talked, and and Jason was was there uh, as well. Uh, behind us, I don't remember Jonesy being a big part of the conversation. I think Jonesy was he, just tired. I don't. Yeah, he was tired. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but I remember, I remember the three of us talking, and we were all kind of positive about this uh, because there's not a whole lot to go on. But the more I think about it, the more I feel like they should have just like this shouldn't have been a panel. So, so I I think that 
if I had to put money on what I think happened here, I think they were probably wanting to show this thing for the first time at E3, and they were told they were showing it at Celebration. <laughs> That's probably accurate. So I think and, they probably wanted to show more. I think they wanted to probably show some first look at gameplay, and it didn't end up being ready in time. Yep. I would agree with that, too. Which, again, I feel is problematic for a game that's coming out in November. You should be far enough along the development cycle to show some gameplay at this point. I yeah, mean, I, it's what, they're, six, seven months away? Yeah, and they're also, what did they say? They're like five five years in on this? Yeah. The, yeah. What, the timeline? I don't. I think they've got gameplay. I, 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 I'm sure they have so this is where, some gameplay. This is where I want to leave it. Uh, I, I want to, and I just want to hear everybody's thoughts just very quickly. Are you going to be overwhelmed, underwhelmed, or do you think when we finally see gameplay, Jason, that this is going to be, like, where are you going to be at it? Is it going to be great? Is it going to be okay? Or is it going to be hot garbage? So I'm reserving judgment, full judgment. I mean, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and give the game its due. But I think it's just going to be okay at this point. From from what I understand, I mean, this is a little bit out of Respawn's wheelhouse with the action-adventure melee-type game. This will be like the first game that, that they've ever done like this. Um, the the story seems kind of wonky. It's, it's a, a group of hidden Jedi, and this guy has some kind of lightsaber thing going on. So I don't know. I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic i think that's what you said coming out of the thing too is you were cautiously optimistic yeah okay joe where are you at i'm i'm also cautiously optimistic as far as the overall quality of the game i think but i do think and this is probably saying more about what we've gotten lately than about this game but i think this has a high potential to be the best star wars game we've had in years well that's not a high bar right it's not but I still, I still think I am mostly optimistic with a little bit of caution right now. I really think that the story is going to be fantastic. I don't know why, because I, Jason wasn't impressed with the, with the story guy from, Lu, from uh, Lucas Films, Lucas Games, whatever. Nope. I was. Uh, him and the girl next to him, I was, the, both of their excitement, like, his ability to speak to the to the story and all of that and the, the some of the things he was allowed to say and then her enthusiasm for it i thought those two panelists were great so i think the story is going to be on point yeah i i do not recall the names off the top of my head right now because i didn't pull right. them again but we talked about it last time we talked about this game um the the head the head writers the team they have of head writers are responsible for some of my favorite game stories so I, I think there's a high potential this story is really good right but you know what else the the story in Battlefront two with Iden Versio was really good so and that yeah, game was short and that well right that's kind of my whole point here and that game's trash so guess what. I'm really afraid, I, while you two are cautiously optimistic, ever the optimists, I am cautiously negative. I really think this game is going to be hot garbage. I think the story is going to be great. I think it's going to be short. I don't think that uh, uh, because of their uh, 
lack of experience in this type of gameplay. Uh, I don't think that it lends itself to what they're trying to pull off. I think it's overly ambitious. I feel like they bit off more than they could shoot more than they could chew. And I feel like they, like Jason said, got pressured into uh, doing this for celebration and they're not anywhere near ready. And I feel like that's going to hurt it more so than, than, than what you two think. I think they're going to be rushed to get this out by November. It'll probably get pushed back to December or January is my guess. And it's going to come out and it's not going to be done. Like most games aren't anymore. And this will shutter respawn. They will be done. I don't think any of that's going to happen. I don't think that it'll shutter respawn just because I think Apex or Apex legends will still buoy them up. And I don't think EA will get rid of them. I think it may shutter the Star Wars license for EA, though. If this doesn't go off, if this isn't a hit, I don't think EA makes another Star Wars game. Well, I think there's, I think there's the I crux of the problem right there. And let me before before I don't mean to interrupt you, Joe, but I mean to interrupt you. Yep. That that's the problem right there. So this is this this is the biggest IP on the planet, without a doubt. Star Wars is the biggest IP on the planet. People are going to buy this game, and it doesn't matter how much hot garbage it is because it's got Star Wars slapped on it. People buy oranges because it's got Star Wars slapped on it. So the marketing machine that is Star Wars will go on. And EA is still going to make a killing, even if this game gets poo-pooed by the critics. I saw on, uh, what, what do they call it, Imger? Imager? I don't know, whatever yep. you kids call it. There was, a, there, there was basically there were people calling for gamers not to pre-order this game because it's EA. Like the first thing that we heard about this game didn't come from the celebration stage. It came a day before when they said there are no microtransactions in this game. None. Like that's their if that's their big selling point is hey we're not going to put microtransactions in this game then there's a problem. I don't think so. I think you're looking at this from the, that statement from the wrong angle. Uh, first, they didn't just say, hey, there's no microtransactions. They said, this is going to be a single-player-only, story-driven game. There's not going to be microtransactions. It's not going to be that. It's going to be all about the story experience. And as far as this game not doing well, this game is going to do well. Battlefront right. 2 that's is what trash, I'm and it sold a ton. That's and what I'm saying. EA th- will never lose that, will- the license because this game, no matter how much hot garbage it is people are going to buy it which means we're going to continue to get terrible star wars games i don't see so are you going to pre-order it no i've I've already told you i'm not pre-ordering anything anymore and i haven't jason are you going to pre-order it i'll pre-order it the day before if there's any pre-order incentives but that's my that's my current mo is the day before it releases just in case just in case there's something extra that comes with the pre-order but they don't get to yeah. bank on my money. Right. I, I think that's fair. I'm certainly not going to pre-order it, I don't think. I really want to play the game, and I hope, I hope that it's good. But EA's track record, I don't care what Respawn right, so has done, EA's I, track record I, I, I want to I separate that for one second, though. All right, I want to uh, comment on that specifically. Respawn is developing this game. EA is publishing it. I know EA bought Respawn not too long ago. 
Okay, but if you but, don't think the EA is calling the shots with these developers, no, I'm sure they, they definitely have their hands in it. I'm not saying they don't, but even since the acquisition, Respawn has been very much so about quality games, listening to the player. They've made, you know, Apex Legends is a great example of them. Oh, here's an issue with this. Let's patch it. Let's move. They are doing things. They are a much more in tune with the player base than anything that EA proper does, right? And they're, that hasn't changed in their MO since the acquisition. They, are, they have still been a developer that listens to their players. And I don't want to just, until, I don't think it's fair to lump them in all of a sudden with this like cold microtransaction-y machine that EA has been making all this crap until they show us that once they have respawn even after being bought hasn't showed us that kind of behavior one time and i think it's important to give them some credit for being even after ea gets their grubby fingers in there for being a developer with some integrity to this point now if this game comes out and it's trash and it's just pushed through then then i'm willing to say hey ea they ruined respawn but ea's had respawn for a little while now and respawn has not shown damage like that. So uh, man, I the same thing was said about dice. Dice dice showed dice showed damage fast though. I in my opinion. Their their games got microtransaction y fast. Okay, but so you can't just because Res, uh Respawn put out Apex Legends and it's like the new hotness. Like they weren't even that wasn't even supposed to come out. It wasn't no, like this uh, game was like not the that's not the only game I'm giving them credit for, though. Well, but they've only got like right? two other major games: Titan and Titanfall and Titanfall Two. And those weren't like yeah. massive blockbusters. Let's just be honest. No, and no, and Titan, but Titanfall Two was fantastic. Doesn't matter. It was a great game. How many people played it? I'm sure there were a it lot, did, but it's not. It's it did, certainly not on the level of of some of these other games we're talking about. No, but it didn't have the marketing push. But those were also published by those were also like titanfall 2 is also published under ea right and that game was was a fantastic story it played well it was tight it looked great right this is what all i'm saying is i don't think it's fair to hang respawn for being owned by ea until they show us a reason no to. and i, and I am not. not right neither am i well sure sounds like you're ready to hang I'm saying that if if this Star Wars game doesn't isn't a hit or gets absolute trash reviews, then that could kill the Star Wars license for EA, regardless of what the developing house was. I mean, it just happened to be that Respawn, you know, happened to be the developer that did it. Now, this this isn't something that Respawn has done. Respawn is a is a fairly new development house. And while they've had some some great third-person shooter games, this is something that isn't necessarily a third-person shooter game. So this is something new. And, you know, development houses get tripped up all the time by trying to do something that they've never done before. And this is on a massive scale with a huge IP. So there's a lot of pressure to get this right. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of pressure. And I'm not, I'm not going to argue that. And I think the reason they brought in the talent from uh, the Metal Gear teams and the Fallout teams from older Fallout games and Obsidian is to get 
that experience from working on those kind of games in house so that they have people who have done right. that in there. Whether that's enough or not, we're gonna find out. But when was the last the, time somebody said Metal Gear Solid was a great franchise? Oh, I, that's a that's a. Good I mean, question. I think the the story got ridiculous, uh, like to a degree that I wasn't. Uh, and nobody was prepared to really buy into. To, yeah, but okay. those games continued to play great. Even uh, the most recent one played really well. As long as you're not talking about Metal Gear Survive, I'm not. not that's not real. <laughs> but they play really well. That's not real. <laughs> Does it exist? That's the quote. That that? <laughs> that's the quote of the show right there. That's not real. That's not real. That was that had Metal Gear's name on a thing that had nothing to do with Metal Gear anywhere else. That well, was just using the name. Yeah, no, I yeah, I understand that. I just I, I really think you're being overly optimistic about it. And I know you're being no, cautiously no. optimistic, but I really I really feel like they are out of their depth. I'm only bringing up the positives because you're harping on only the negatives. I I have some of the same reservations, but I think it's important to to look at the whole picture, right? I understand this is new for them, and there's a lot of risk there. There's a lot of pressure involved for sure. This could go all kinds of sideways, but they did take steps. They did bring in people who'd work on these kind of games. They did bring in people who've written really great stories in games. They did bring in people who have experience in third-person action, in giant worlds, uh, in RPGs even from Obsidian to bring in these elements. Um, they've been working on this for a long time. This is not a rushed development cycle. So they've, they took precautions. I still think this game, if I had to predict where this game is going to fall right now on like the rated scale, if I hit from what little we know, it's not going to be a 10, right? I'm not even, I'm not that optimistic, but I think it's going to be, I think it will be good, at least. You're insane. I don't think it's going to be. I'm not going to go all the way to great. You're I'm insane. Not go amazing. Jason, do you have any, do you have good. any illusions that this game is going to be good? I think it could be. I think it's probably got about a 50-50 chance of being good. This is like Schrodinger's. This is Schrodinger's cat at this, this point. That's this, what this, you know what this is? is. You know what this is? This what? is. You being super optimistic for three months on Vader Immortal and getting crushed, and now you have no optimism <laughs> left in you anymore. That's probably true. Before we get out of here, uh, I want to say uh, it was great seeing uh, Cab and Neb at uh, Celebration and Utini. Uh, some of our listeners were there as well to support uh, the Cantina cast. So I want to say uh, thank you to you guys for listening. Uh, Utini uh, and, and Cab, I think, have both left reviews on, on iTunes, so I want to thank you guys for that as well. It was really great to meet you. Uh, Cab has been in my house. Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's a scary thought. Uh, so thanks, everybody, uh, for listening. Remember, Casting Call, uh, if you think you got the chops, uh, let us know. Uh, you can email me at badgamerspodcast at gmail.com. Reach out on Twitter, badgamersanon. Uh, and then Bad Gamers Podcast on uh, on the Instagrams. That's what the kids call it. Uh, I'm Crowley. That's Joe. I'm Jason. Good God. Finally. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bad Gamers Anonymous is not affiliated with any video game developer or publisher. 
The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the host and not of Earglue Media. And are probably terrible. Executive producer for Bad Gamers Anonymous is James Dean. Get good, scrubs.